Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 179 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, how are things? How are you? As we lead into the end of 2021, I want to check in with you. It's getting colder. It's November. I have a Christmas PJ on right now. You do. It's 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 a little confusing. I'm not used to so many like a, a print almost on yeah, you or just and like it, graphics on you. It actually glows in the dark. It's distracting. <laughs> um, so, firstly, uh, on my end, uh, huge thanks to Casey List for coming on last episode. That was super exciting. Always fun talking to podcasters you admire. It's true. You you were uh, you were a fanboy. Yeah, but I didn't fanboy. fanboy very much with Casey. No, you didn't fanboy very much. You were just well. There's a bit at the end where he's, you know there was a, a moment I think of fanboy. A bit maybe I don't know. But he's a cool guy. It's like he's just having like a friend on the show. Yeah, it was it was really. I mean, nice. you need and to podcast to have a friend, right, Brian? It is it is very true. Uh, that is something I took out of the uh, show notes here and moved on to Twitter. But there is a Mel Magazine article if you head on over to the old, uh, Twitter.com. Uh, double underscore density uh, to go ahead and read all about how uh, guys are using podcast as excuses uh, to uh, remain friends, I guess. Like that's the best way or to strike up new friendships, right? Yeah. And uh, your reply to that is that we basically use our podcast to just record all the stuff we talk about yeah. besides <laughs> like the thing is with our podcast, we literally actually talk, whereas usually our conversations take place either on iMessage or Google chat or whatever Google chat is called now. But the tenor of our message and the content of our message is largely the same, whether we are oh, yeah. preparing for the show or just talking about the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no no difference at all. I, and when we used to see each other in person, like all the time in those places we used to go to work um, in person, which is weird, but we uh, talked all the time there. That's where we That's discovered so, our, our love of aliens. Exactly. And I think that's just an extension. So I think we are in a happy minority there. And, uh, you know, uh, making friends um, as an adult male is is hard. I'll be the first to admit that. Yeah, usually, like, for people my age, usually become friends with the friend, the parents of your kids' friends. In Has that cases. happened for you? Not really. Not really. Do you want to advertise your services here as a, a man in his 40s? Mm-hmm. Obstensively... Uh, uh, an Apple man, Angelo, right? Oh, yes. Although, the so I, I didn't realize how old this article was. It's from like way back in June after WWDC, but... Well, no, it's also June 2016, so five years ago. Oh, I did not ago. realize. I actually just saw June. Wow, I didn't see this. No, 16. no, no. Wow, so it's really old. We are referring to a BuzzFeed News article by Katie Natopoulos called The End of Apple Man from June 14th, 2016. And Angelo, um, someone had tweeted this out and I was laughing because like I just I read this and you fit the profile quite perfectly about who the Apple Man is. We do need to say, though, that in terms of like Apple and men that would present things, which was almost always the case before. So what happened is that when Steve Jobs came back in like the late 90s, he just took over the entire keynote that he that he would do for whatever he was presenting uh after his death though and and even when he was uh not well they started preparing to make sure to have other faces join in on the actual keynotes and stuff but for quite a while it was basically just old white dudes right right but this is just also talking about the target demo though not just the people presenting exactly but i just wanted to get that out there apple actually has done a pretty good job of diversifying the people that present at their keynotes i i hope you'd agree right brian yes absolutely but what i'm talking about here is the target of the intended uh, oh yeah and, and and i think you would consider me an apple man although like i'm not like ripped under this pj like they they talk about on the thing no but you you were p90xing for a while right yeah i mean i i, I try to stay fit although 
I, I don't do the hiking whitewater rafting thing. I do more of like the yoga in my basement thing. But that's fine. That's still a, a mode of, of exercise that I think I'd, I'd ascribe to um, a version of Apple Man, right? Because I think that like there's two primary um, subsets of, of Apple consumers. And like obviously there are outliers, but there's Apple Man and then there are students, right? Just students though? Yeah, like like students who need a laptop, Angelo. Yeah, but I mean, there's the creative professionals too. Yes, but like uh, uh, in sheer numbers, I think students outnumber yeah, that, those. That, that's true. Like, there's not that many creative professionals buying Mac Pros for eighteen thousand dollars. No, but I'm talking more so primarily MacBooks. I think like those are more voluminous and uh, out in the wild a lot more. Not that you'd ever know because you don't actually go into your place of work. But students use MacBooks, Angelo. Really? Do they still have a glowing Apple on the back? <laughs> uh, depends how high you have your brightness turned up. Yeah, it depends on on the how how the light hits the uh, the shiny Apple logo on the back of the more newer MacBooks. <laughs> uh, but the Venn diagram of Apple Man and Angelo, I think, is like is it's, it's not pretty a perfect cool. circle, but it's like it's 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 a pretty close circle. Um, one of the things um, mentioned in the article is um, advancements to the Apple Watch uh, five years ago, and it now makes me think that you obviously want to talk about your new baby. Your new product, your new Apple uh, dongle, your Apple Watch. It is a kind of a dongle that just sits on your wrist. I was, like, we had we discussed that I'd ordered an Apple Watch in the show? No, you'd wanted to. I and want- they said, oh, maybe, and my wife, uh, Christmas, etc. Yeah, and I, I thought that the Series 3 was fine, and it was, I guess. But then I heard lots of people talking about the Apple Watch, how it'd be, how, if you have, like, an Apple Watch Series 4 or less, it's actually a really big upgrade. And considering I have a Series 3, which had the smaller screen and the uh, the processor was okay. I mean, certain things felt slow on For it. For doing what? An Apple Watch is supposed to just tell yeah, time. Yeah, but when you start, no, when you start a workout, when you uh, when you do something on a, like on my Mac, it helps me unlock stuff. For example, I use Microsoft Authenticator on my computer when I'm logging into something at work and the notification from my computer asking me to, to log in to my watch, I don't know, it was like a good five to 10 seconds sometimes. And I thought, well, that's normal, right? That's how it is. Well, so since then, I got the Apple Watch Series 7. And basically, when I log into my sites using Microsoft Authenticator, it's literally, I click the button and the message appears on my watch. It's significantly faster. The thing is, speaking of things being faster, I had ordered it and it was arriving at the end of November, beginning of December. As we all know, there's uh, shipping delays for a lot of stuff. And for fun, I, I looked last Friday on the Apple Store uh, site and to see if there's any available nearby. And there was one at the Apple Store that's about 30 minutes away from here. So I said, oh, maybe I'll try ordering it. And then I noticed there was a $13 uh, fast shipping thing. I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay 13 bucks just to get it like a few days from now, whatever. I'll just go pick it up in person. And then I realized, no, it's it delivers within two hours. So for $13, I figured, well... That's pretty much almost the amount of gas I'm going to spend <laughs> considering how much gas costs and the aggravation of actually leaving the house and having to go somewhere. So I said, let me try this. And I didn't realize it's basically like Uber delivery or something because you kind of can track the vehicle as it comes to your house. And you the said- The gears of capitalism. The gears of capitalism continue unabated in Angelo Pirantino's life. And, and since I, we don't really have Uber Eats around here, there's no, the, the service is not available. Uh, you told me it's basically like Uber Eats when you order something, you can track the car, right? Yeah, the few times we've used it in the last couple of months, like every single time you can see where they're at, see if they've picked up the order, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, there is like a manual tracking option within the app. So you used it to pick up your fancy man watch. How is it? Yeah, so from ordering to uh, delivery to my house was like an hour and a half. And uh, okay, so uh, 
I was really wrong. Like the Series 3, when I was said it was fine, I guess it's fine if you don't compare it to the Series 7. Uh, it's it's a huge difference. And the screen, first and foremost, you really, really see how much bigger the screen is when the, when the thing boots up. Uh, it's edge to edge. You see there's pretty much no bezels. It's really great when working out. One thing I uh, didn't realize I would I needed at this point was an always-on display, which is pretty nice. So now I can kind of just glance at my watch and see what time it is without you noticing. Uh, <laughs> saying, Brian, hurry up this episode. You've gone on and on it's true. You, about we, aliens. You always text me and you always say, like, let's make this a short one tonight, as if like you don't like doing a podcast at all. And it's very confusing. I know, because how long, how long did we talk to Casey List for? And we we're like happy the whole way. Oh, yeah, like, and so like it's almost like an insult to me that you actually like, and our listeners, I think, I think you owe our listeners an apology for like saying I want to do things uh, with you as short as possible. No, I just, I just like keeping it quick and short, and I don't, th- I don't know if people want to hear us blather on for two hours, do they? Yeah, but, uh, n- not necessarily two hours, but like, what, what is an ideal episode length in your mind? Then? I think forty-five minutes is good for uh, for a non-guest episode. What do you think? I think so too. I think 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the subject matter and how deep we want to go. Um, when we've done deeper dives into certain subjects, especially on the paranormal side, things can go a little long and that's fine. Uh, you should let, you should let contents dictate the terms of length, not the other way around. Well, this isn't a television show that is mandated to be 22 on the minutes, air or right, 22 minutes. Yeah. 22. Well, with, with exactly. that said, uh, I'm going to continue talking about the Apple watch. Uh, the new wash faces, wash faces, wash your face, Brian. The, the new, the new watch faces are pretty nice. I there's a lot of them I couldn't put on my Apple Watch Series Three. Uh, these like they're huge. It's crazy how big the watch looks now, even though it's not much physically bigger. Uh, with it, I got a Sport Loop, which is like a Velcro uh, canvas type thing. It's sort of like a, a canvas version of my Milanese Loop, which is a aluminum band with magnet in it. However, uh, the one thing I don't like about this is listen. Oh yeah, very velcroy kind of sound. I'm hoping that comes through the the mic. And and when I when I go to bed at night and I I don't wear my watch to sleep. I am not a sleep tracker type of person. When I take it off, my my wife always ends up hearing it and I I, I hear her stir as I do this. It, it it is really loud in a quiet room. Have I? I don't know if we talked about this, but I uh, recently saw a, a neurologist who was like, "Yeah, you have carpal tunnel." So I've been wearing splints to bed uh, for the last couple of months, and so like those are quite loud to to strap on because they're they're like these like so basically you put the splint on and then you lock it into place and you turn it very loudly um, so that the the coil kind of like tightens on your arm. And does your wife uh, stir in bed as you do that? I try to bring it like if I am uh, in another room and I'm conscious of the fact that like I might be going to bed after she. Um, starts to fall asleep, I'll bring it with me and then do it in the other room so I don't wake her up. That's uh, but sometimes I do. Yeah, I mean, I try to be uh, conscious about this and, and un- unstrap this watch band earlier. I may go back to the Milanese loop, although I like this one for like just casual type stuff. I think it, it is significantly lighter than uh, the Milanese loop. Um, I love how like the one of the greatest issues in your life right now is like which like watch strap I know, fancy I, watch you again, wish to, to use. Yeah, I, I've, you know... We're, we're, we're lucky that that's like a major problem for, for, for me anyway. Double Density presents the sounds of your youth. Double Density.
my biggest problem over the last couple of weeks, and I've discussed this with you, is for some reason the YouTube app um, on the overall uh, watch time uh, was open like 24 hours, even if the app was closed. YouTube is a very bad uh, Apple ecosystem citizen. Because it, it, I like I was literally closing. I usually when I go to bed, I close my apps at night. Just you no. Know. Do you, yeah. like, you 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 flick them up? Yeah. Oh, Brian, I just retweeted something about that. Because uh, that way, these things don't happen in theory, right? Because I've had a couple of issues um, come up where, like, the watch time is like twenty four hours in the past, like, a couple of weeks. I, I've seen that happen with YouTube um, lately. Mail has been doing that on my iPad. I don't know why. I don't get that much email. Um, but I mean, it still doesn't. It doesn't justify you quitting apps. That's wrong. That's fine. I'm just. just I just delete these things. Delete YouTube. <laughs> well, I did. That's the whole thing. And for like a day afterwards, it still showed up. Oh, well. I. I mean, YouTube. I, I did some digging around, and, and like it doesn't seem to be like a prevalent issue, nor something that like uh, warrants enough attention from Apple. Oh, I guess you need a new phone, Brian. Go get yourself an iPhone. Yes, that is definitely what I'll be doing. Uh, Thirteen Pro Max. Go spend sure, that seventeen hundred dollars. That won't fit in my pocket properly. Sure. Those phones are very big. <laughs> when I went to the Apple they store, are, yeah. I, I, I went and looked at one, and I actually can see the promotion on that one. I don't see it on my iPad. I, I have an iPad with promotion for a few years ago, and I, I cannot see that, but I can see it very well on those phones. I do notice YouTube issues, not with my phone or with my iPad, actually. Those those used to happen. The exact same thing that happens with you, Brian, same thing would happen with my iPad. Uh, hasn't happened lately, although now that we put it out into the universe, it will start happening. That's how things work, right, Brian? Intentions, yes. I'm I'm cursing your iPad. Yeah, well, you are taking those remote viewing things. So I mean, you could it could <laughs> remote tech problems. I think I'm that may be an episode that we. Uh, I want to do that for the holidays. I think I want to do that for the end of December. Is like finish up my remote viewing courses and then discuss my my whole adventures. Yeah, because I managed to. Holidays. I don't know if I mentioned some on the air. Uh, I definitely did put up a video on the Instagram account for our show. But yeah. Uh, Dr. Doom himself, Ed Dames, I managed to track down some of his SciTech remote viewing courses and I will be doing them uh, or continuing to do them, I should say. Not very good. Not very good right now. No, are you taking tests? Yeah, they give you like tests and things like that to try out. Well, maybe that, there's like workbooks and things. Maybe you've been watching too many remote viewing YouTube videos and that's what's giving you the problem. <laughs> I just polluted my brain with too much information and noise. Yeah, and so like problems like this with these apps, theoretically should not be happening because you can buy them through the App Store, which is perfect and the only way to get apps on your iPhone and iPad. And it should stay that way, right, Brian? Uh, well, according to Craig Federighi of Apple, yes, it should. I'm going to read the uh, the title to this article from... By the way, the quintessential Apple man. He's the exactly. picture that they put in that article. Uh, so this is an way. article from The Verge from November 3rd. It says, sideloading is a cyber criminal's best friend, according to Apple's software chief so side loading basically is being able to uh load or move files onto your phone as you wish yes and um do they mention how that would happen right like would it would you need to like in my head when i picture side loading i'm picturing it you have to connect it to a, a mac or pc to get it on there but i don't think so it'd be more where you can download from an actual website i think the technology is there now Exactly. Either through a physical connection or through um, internet usage. And uh, just to point out, I think everyone should go click on the article just because literally right behind Craig Federighi, it says siloing is a cyber criminal's best friend in large letters at a uh, web summit that he was at recently, which makes me laugh um, because clearly like, yes, they're trying to protect their users, of course. But Angela, what are they trying to do here? What are they actually trying to do? I, I think there's a, a 30% cut they're trying to protect. <laughs> 
That is extremely correct, and I'm glad that I didn't have to lead you that far. Uh, but it is very clear that like they're using this as cover in terms of like, oh, well, are our users who may be more naive, and this is how hackers and other cyber criminals gain access to your phone is through um, sideloading. But the truth also uh, concurrently existing of uh, Apple collecting handsome fees for um, hosting apps and media within their respective stores is also part of it. For sure. I mean, look, it, it would be easier to get a, a bad actor app on your phone if sideload was allowed. I get that. The thing is, there there has to be like an education out there. You're allowed to like look at the Mac, right? Like look at the PC. You can get whatever you want on there from the internet. And does that lead to problems sometimes? Yes. Is it a like a huge deal where like there's Mac spontaneously combusting? Not really. I think the problem here is that maybe, he, and and I think he brings this point up in that in that lecture he gave. Is it like a lecture? I guess a keynote, whatever. Yeah, a speech. Uh, that maybe people like you and I that are used to tech and stuff like that wouldn't have this kind of problem where we get malware on their phones and he like you know he's pointing at grandma and little kids and stuff putting the wrong thing on their phones. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's up to Apple to make sure that doesn't happen either, right? Like by adding more protection. Like a Mac is very well protected against getting apps from anywhere, right? Like it warns you ahead of time. Do you know what you're getting, right? To make sure. And also, I've I've had to, um, uh, for various reasons, uh, legal, of course, uh, and I'm not just saying that facetiously. I actually do mean that with some uh, software testing that I've done for friends. Um, they will Apple will say that this is not a trusted development. You have to go through a whole other process in order to get um, an app loaded on my Mac. Well, you have to actually do that with um, the the app I'm using right now, uh, Audio Hijack. You to get certain things on there, you have to disable some security. But you know, I trust Rogue Amoeba. They're an excellent. They're like you know one of the best uh, Mac and Apple platform citizens on, like, YouTube. Yeah, and it's also funny because uh, the Verge article links to a prior article all about the Apple Epic lawsuit, right? Because Epic is like, we're, we're tired of giving you 30% of all of our takings, and, of course, Apple um, uh, pushes back on that. But Epic, you know, uh, creators of Fortnite, um, still a juggernaut. In yeah, it's... Uh, continue to push back, and uh, it's funny because the judge... They're like some small indie outfit. The judge in that... In that um, uh, trial also admitted uh, uh, that it sounded like Federici was stretching the truth on how big malware concerns were uh, in terms of like its current setup. Are they a concern? For sure. Should he also mention in there that, oh, by the way, like this would screw up our, our fee structure? This is also the thing you're not supposed to say out loud if you're an Apple employee, right? Yeah. And I do feel like Craig Federighi seems one of the, like, the more genuine executives out there, but obviously there's a bottom line there that he has to... Uh, deal with and for sure they don't want to be losing money on this because no, how many we, apps would just leave the app store at that point oh uh, most of them if not all like well no so they that's the thing right like i don't think they'd all leave because there is a barrier to entry right so a lot of the free ones maybe would just take off right but a lot of the paid ones would probably stay because people are still reticent to give their credit card to anybody, right? Like if sometimes if given a choice, if the same app for me is available in the Mac app store versus getting it from the website, if there's no difference in the app, I will get it from the Mac app store because Apple already has my credit card information. But do you think that is a generational thing? 
Do you think younger people don't care as much? Aren't, aren't I a younger per- per person? No. <laughs> I'm talking like 20 to 30 here. Are you? I don't know. No, it's up to you, no, no. Apple man. No. I guess maybe they're, they're, they they don't care about bad actors out there stealing their credit cards. Maybe they don't care if they're more discerning, right? I think that like, I think that's, uh, I think you might be doing uh, younger people a disservice by saying that they don't care. I think it's it's actually the opposite. They can actually, their BS detector is way higher. Than mine? Than, a prior than mine, yeah. Brian? Than a lot of people's, Absolutely. Yeah, I Something mean, to consider, I guess I consider mine pretty, pretty good, and in most cases, like I, I do buy stuff outside the the Mac App Store as well. But it, it is nice to have the option. So, like for example, I use Daisy Disk, which is uh, an app that you can see what's taking up space on your Mac, and I bought it from the Mac App Store. But they actually offer you a service where there's certain things that the Mac App Store app can't do. And they just let you, once you've paid for the Mac App Store, if you have the proof, they let you download the version from their website for free without paying them directly. Yeah, so uh, you do, you've done this for your Mac, but uh, would you sideload your, your phone? Would you want to have different apps on your phone that you don't necessarily have to use the uh, App Store uh, process to get? So you know this there? about me. I'm not very much a, uh app person, right? I don't buy or get many apps for my phone. And most of the ones I get are the ones like I need, and they're usually just free on the App Store. All of the flappy blurred cones that you need in your life? Yes, for sure. No, but like stuff, you know, just general things like my credit card, uh, my bank, my banking stuff and things like that, right? I don't know. It, it, would there be something I really, really needed? If it's from like a trusted company, like if it's like something from Nintendo, I'd have no trouble sideloading. So what you're saying is you're just using common sense. Yes, yeah, yes. people would need to Which use I would common agree sense. With. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't. I, I, I think Federighi's and Apple are a bit off base with this, where they're they're not giving the benefit of the doubt to their customers. Well, no, I mean like capitalism and capitalism, right? Yeah. Which is why they get to charge X amount for an Apple Watch. How much did you pay for your Apple Watch? Let's put it that way. Like you know, they want to protect that uh, the user journey from inception to purchase to continual purchases, right? Like, have you bought any apps for your phone? For my phone recently? No. No. What about your watch? No, because you buy them through the phone. I don't, like the watch, I don't really put apps on there. There's like two apps on there. A weather, actually, no, that's, that's, that's false, actually. I pay for the weather app I have. Carrot Weather is a subscription app, though, so he gets like 12 bucks a year from me. And well, I do love it. the idea that instead of sticking your head outside, you're willing to pay twelve bucks a year to go ahead and figure. It's a out. great app, and I like supporting a good developer like that. Would you, if they offered a siloing option, would you do that? If it, if I needed it to get specific features, maybe I do trust the developer though. But I mean, just in general, he right? retweeted because me last you, week, so that's great. In supporting these people directly, like it's kind of like thinking about like a Patreon model, right? Like, in they're going to get way more money than they would. Um, through other avenues for a lot of different things, right? So if you want to give the developer more money or more of the share of what you're paying already, I feel that would be that fair. Yeah. Makes sense. yeah. So once again, common sense uh, being used here. Crazy. On, uh, episode 179 of the Double Density Podcast. And Angela, I think, I think I'm going to see on the other side of things where we're going to talk about some paranormal things. How does that sound? Will there be common sense there? Yeah, uh, to a degree, I think. Uh, there might be some laughs too. Good. See you there. So apparently there's a female ghost in this apartment building who thinks I'm attractive. Double density.
Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So I think I'd be remiss not to mention this news item that has been sent to me a, a bunch of times since it uh, broke last week. Um, uh, Demi Lovato, no stranger to all things paranormal. They're uh, shooting, right? Or they have done, they finished shooting a television show all about their quest for extraterrestrials. And during an interview with uh, Becky G, recently they said, that they've made contact with an ET. But I think, once again, it's an ET in the way that we talk about, like, energy creatures, right? Yeah. And not a physical entity that they've interacted with. Yeah, they go on to mention that it's not ET phone home type of thing. It's a... They said that they were... Steven Greer style. Yeah, they were meditating, and all of a sudden they looked up, and there were lights and stuff. Classic Steven Greer style. Lovato Lovato didn't say where they were meditating, right? Were they outside? No, nothing. No. Okay. And uh, the article mentions that they referred to... Uh, hadn't they said that uh, aliens was like a derogatory term? Yes. The term aliens was like a slur. Uh, but so. uh, look, and we're, we all have to get used to uh, saying things uh, that, that maybe were acceptable in the past and not. I, I still don't... I don't feel... Uh, alien is a derogatory term towards like something that is literally alien from our planet. I don't either. Um, and also like we haven't spoken to aliens or heard widely enough from aliens to sort of like uh, figure out uh, where all of this is coming from. But then um, the other thing that made me laugh is that Demi is now a spokesperson for Gaia, which is a Oof. huge website that kind of like is a storage house of like, conspiracy theories um some plain a lot of anti-vax stuff some QAnon stuff so really strange bedfellows um and i think once again like uh the confluence of the paranormal community existing in such a sphere and then coexisting in, with something like uh you know uh, gaia and like all of these like different ways in which we want to talk about uh conspiracies uh troubling very troubling would you date an alien brian i'd mean, give it a shot i mean captain kirk i think i'd give it a shot that's true. It worked out very well for him, right? But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like this is just a really weird time. And like, once again, these are, um, this is the reason I think why the the paranormal community or the ET community um, um, sometimes will get ridiculed because of the fact that like someone will come out and say that alien is a derogatory term when talking about extraterrestrials. I don't know. It, you know, once again, common sense kind of dictates that like we haven't heard enough um, as a uh, society about things to say whether or not that's right or wrong, right? Because usually these kinds of uh, decisions about whether terms should be used come directly from the affected groups themselves. And I don't see a proper representation of the affected group right now. No, the, because we don't know that they exist or not. I mean, th- I'm sure there are extraterrestrials somewhere in this giant universe. Do we know them? Have we made contact? Um, as Demi mentioned, uh, they made contact, possibly. Uh, but it was in a Stephen Greer esque way, which uh, be- kind of falls in line with their their sort of um, g- quest of the last couple. Well, of I years, mean, right? if you're the spokesperson for Gaia, uh, I mean, where do you go from there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a little bit unfortunate uh, in terms of like the way in which things are being framed in uh, the popular discourse of all things extraterrestrial. Um, Sort of related is a story this week that I picked that I shared with you um, all about how uh, there are a series of, um, to some quite believable UFO videos coming out of France, which turned out to be a a large hoax perpetrated by a pretty well-known prankster. Yeah, yeah. you sent me 
a couple of his videos, a Pac-Man one and a Mario Kart one. The Mario Kart one is really funny, just seeing... So wait, have you ever seen these before? I had, yes. I just didn't okay, realize perfect. they were connected to this other video until I watched. I saw the Pac-Man one as well, where he gets... Uh, the, the people golfing did not appreciate him picking up their ball. No. You're no. not supposed I mean, to touch like, a golf ball. So the prankster in question, his name is Rémy Gaillard, and he um, is a longstanding French prankster. He's been at it for 20 years. Some of his pranks a little more despicable um, than others. Uh, this isn't necessarily a forum to um, talk about how bad of a person he is, though. There's a lot of questionable content out there involving um, him in the past. Um, but it's more so I want to talk about and focus on the reaction to these videos. So, um, yeah, so the Mario Kart, the Pac-Man video um, from, like, 2007, 2008, and really, like, YouTube was becoming like uh, the forefront of, you know, audience created content. And this was one of their early rising stars. So he uh, has a motto, a motto that's like, um, stuff is on n'importe quoi qu'on devient n'importe qui, which translates to uh, mockingly, it's by doing whatever that we become whoever. So the idea of doing these different pranks, these different personas, and you know, you can become X, Y, Z. So this time around, he did that um, and gained some traction with TF1, which is kind of like, Fox News in France, I guess, would be the best way of putting it. And so they threw on the X Files theme song. Oh my gosh! Yes. Reports. So as soon as I saw that and heard that, I thought, uh, "Here we go," because but, like local news and well, any news, they love adding like the spooky music to anything to do with like the, anything to do with UFOs or UAPs at this point. It's like the back 15 of a, a six-hour newscast when you're looking for yeah. like, uh, like miscellaneous stories and like, you know, this falls into your lap. My, like the, the, honestly, the first thing that popped to mind is that is like, that is one stylish farmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she absolutely uh, she is, is uh, really well-dressed. Like, amazing. Uh, I thought that was really impressive. I mean, I'm sure she doesn't tend to her animals dressed like that, but, um, you know, you're on the news, may as well dress up for it. But yeah, uh, that that was that was entertaining in and of itself. Did like what did you think of the actual? Like, did, had you seen this before it was found to be a hoax? Yeah, so I I definitely uh, it popped up on Twitter, it popped up on Reddit, um, in some of the paranormal subreddits, and I found it intriguing, but nothing that couldn't be explained away by like existing tech. Like, there wasn't anything that was so incredible um, that it gave me pause. And I think that like my threshold for these types of content is very high and it becomes higher with each passing year as we're able to do more and more with our commercially available technology. Um, so yeah, I mean like it wasn't anything out of the realm of what we can do already. Yeah. I, I actually saw a drone today. I don't really see them often. And as I was out for my uh, Apple man walk, there was a, there was something in the sky. <laughs> like I'm approaching the train station and I'm like, is that a bird? I thought, it, cause we see there's lots of vultures around here. And it wasn't one of those. And I saw it was just that, like floating in the sky. And I realized, oh, so it's a drone. And I had no idea what they were filming or why they were droning. But I did notice there were motorcycles underneath it. So I guess they were doing something with that. So all that to say, there's stuff in the sky. Sometimes you haven't seen it before. So it can really mess with your mind. It absolutely can. And... Uh yeah, so I think like the videos themselves, the evidence themselves, uh, as well as the like the eyewitness reports were kind of consistent with modern ufology in terms of like people saw something and they're not quite sure what it is. And then um, so this prankster reveals the truth, right? He reveals, he basically shoots a video in French where he is with the farmer in question 
and then the meteorologist that's also quoted in one of the news reports. And so they're together and they talked about how they managed to, to fake this whole thing. So we were recording on Sunday, November 14th. By the time this episode comes out, there's a good chance that Rimi will drop a video explaining how he did that because he's supposed to yeah. kind of explain the hoax um, in more depth in the coming days. But let me tell you something, Angela. The internet was not happy with what he did. Yeah, and they weren't hired actors. She's actually a farmer and he's actually a meteorologist is what I gathered. Yes. From the, yeah. yeah. So he yes. just so asked they, them to, to be in on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that got a lot of people on Reddit in particular angry about this. Um, there uh, were calls to arrest him. Yeah, and, and before, like, I, I do want to say they, they put in both a very good performance. Yeah, like, it is totally believable. Like, if you understand French, definitely go um, to the links in the show notes and go ahead and watch yeah, because that, videos and understand. That was one of the comments in the Reddit uh, thread where uh, they put the explainer video and the person's like, was videos meaningless to me? I have no idea what he's saying. My favorite thing, too, is that some people actually understood. And then, of course, in classic conspiracy fashion, we're saying that they were actually paid actors um, um, who are now covering up an, a UFO act. They, they were paid actors, like sort of. But <laughs> yeah. the other way. I'm not sure if there's a financial. I wasn't sure if there's a financial transaction between Rémy and um, the people that he asked to take part in that. But, yeah, it was uh, – Yes, a lot of Redditors were calling um, for, uh, you know, his uh, arrest. uh, Are you, you, by the the way, are you Aerobot64? I am not. Though that Redditor in particular is really angry in that they were posting the same comment over and over and over again. They're very angry about this, and they've been fighting on Reddit for the last couple of days. So, yeah. um, Like, and his points, I'm sorry, are very, like, it's not the same thing as saying, like, uh, creating a hoax that the COVID vaccine is causing brain tumors or there's, like, a bomb on a plane. It is not at all the same thing because this is, like, right now, we don't have aliens attacking us or anything. This is all just, like, light humor at this point. It's it's not... Do you feel anybody is getting hurt from this apart from, like, hurt feelings from Redditors? No, not at all, right? And, like, that, this is a victimless crime. And so he or she, they, they posted the same comment 13 times on Saturday, uh, which ended with, encourage everyone to downvote Rimi's videos on YouTube and leave as a comment the very same message. Fake news is punishable by law, which is true in France, by the way. Well, you know what? The joke's on him. You can't downvote YouTube videos. You won't even see the, the <laughs> well, dislike you, button anymore. Exactly. You can't thumbs down anymore. Um, and those things are being uh, phased out, uh, fortunately slash unfortunately. But yeah, um, there were some very ardent uh, arguers on there that uh, w- w- were very angry at being caught uh, with the, their proverbial pants down saying that like they were so devoted to the credibility and believability of these videos that when it was proven to not be true, they then uh, got angry uh, in a projection-y kind of way, I think. Well, you're kind of protecting yourself because if you were wrong about this one that was proven to be incorrect, what about all the other ones that you think are real? What does that do to exactly your... That, it, right? that shatters everything. That, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't a UFO. That Maybe that was a deflating balloon. What if Airbot64's comments ended with, I just dislike being fooled, which I think is pretty much the the summary of how a lot of people are feeling it. And to anyone who says that this is a bad time in the community to do this, I actually think it's the inverse. And here's why. I think that there should be th- such a high threshold um, when you explore an occurrence that it is undoubtedly true. So I think that like if things stand up to a higher level of scrutiny than ever, then that is good, I do believe. Right? That makes sense. Yeah. And I think this is, you know, it, and again, this is like a light in the sky, right? So it could be anything anyway. I'm curious to see how he did make it. But lights in the sky, Brian, how many times do we say it are completely useless because they're just lights in the sky. 
It's not doing anything. There, have you ever seen a video of a light in the sky doing anything really extraordinary? Uh, really? I mean, that's that, all relative. Apart term. from not being like, and not a light in the sky at a music festival. <laughs> <laughs> One of the classic UFOs comments, yeah. of course. Um, but uh, I'm like, are you talking about me myself or no, me having just a, video a video of? of whatever, right? Like, I I feel like we need good, clear, like full on daylight video of something that's not an actual aircraft from this earth flying, right? Because everything else, because you can get good shots of airplanes in the sky during the day. Maybe not necessarily with like an iPhone camera, but they're pretty good. There's cameras everywhere, Ryan. Have we mentioned this? There's cameras everywhere. Like we should have a hell of a lot more. Like with all the UFOs being caught on camera in the 50s, where people had to like drag along their camera to, to, to take a picture, why don't we have more now? Have I asked this question before? I don't know. Am I repeating myself? I don't know. But have so, I posted this thirteen times in our in our in our episode? No, not not in the Zoom chat either. I'm ready for you to spam the Zoom chat okay. and just let me know what's going on. Um, you know, originally uh, there were a lot of people who were saying that these French UFOs were just uh, drones in the way that they had turned. And after like a certain distance, you can't really hear, you know, a drone's motors. You can't really hear them operate, right? So creating a safe enough distance for them to do um, a, a bunch of things turning around in very distinct, um, unique ways is not a surprise. And people are being downvoted for saying it was a drone. But it's always a drone, Brian. It's always... Most of the time in modern society. But once again, like the evidence... Oh, thank you, Angelo. Typing in cameras. Whose phone in the chat? He spammed, oh, a bunch of times in there. Uh, no one can see this, of course, between uh, you and I, which is the the joy and the pain of recording. You and I should put things up on. Uh, we should put our we should record our Zoom meetings and put them up on on, no, on YouTube you. as like raw footage. No, no thanks. Nobody. You needs... just don't want people to see you in your in your uh, Christmas attire and my 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 fake background, my fake office background. None, none of this is exactly. real behind me, Brian. You think that's a real <laughs> printer? Oh, the guitars you own. No, the printer is not yours. That's Perfect. a real print. That's not a real printer. I don't. I'm not fancy like that. I can't have a printer. Yeah, I agree. Um, but. It's really, um, I think, telling of the level of uh, discourse. Um, I mean, specifically, I think the UFO subreddit used to be, or UFOs, I should say, subreddit used to be a lot better in terms of like um, uh, approaching things in a uh, rational, skeptical, but desiring to believe manner. Whereas now it's just out and out believers who flood comments when the narrative is anything but, oh, it is definitely an alien. It's tribal, right? You're cre- they've created their tribe of people that want to really believe that the Tic Tac UFO is real. Like they even they even talk about it as a Tic Tac, right? Like it's another Tic Tac. Yeah. And uh, I think this once again ties into the whole Lou Lozano thing and like what is he really hiding? And like uh, I've been reading a lot of discourse mostly on Twitter about like um, how uh, for some people like disclosure is not happening fast enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, and it's been just happening like, well, since 2006 a- or 1996 or 1986. Yeah, exactly. Um, the concept of disclosure is decades old, and uh, while things are moving very slowly, um, uh, once again, it's the hand in hand of saying that things are just around the corner. For like, for example, like the the infamous like press club, right? Like that was twenty years ago. I, 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 so. I still can't believe that was twenty years ago. Have you bought the DVD of it? D- did I buy the DVD? Yeah, no, you, of course not. Oh, well, too bad. I mean, look, no, I think I got it. I got it for free with something. I think disclosure can't come too quickly. You have to take time with it, just like when you're choosing and taking time to pick the design of your book cover. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's just a uh, George Knapp. I mean, talk about like 
tarnishing a legacy uh, in order to uh, jump into the um, discussions of the moment, I think would be the best way of putting it. Yeah, I, you know, we're, if anybody's wondering, we're talking about that, the infamous book cover now. So we're talking about the uh, book Skinwalkers, the Pentagon and Insiders account of the secret government UFO program by uh, George Knapp uh, with uh, James T. Ligdaksky and Colm Keller. And uh, the cover, my friend, uh, is something that is strongly left to be desired. So this book was put out in early October 20, uh, 2021. But it could look it looks like it could have been self-published in the early 90s. And I think The Wolf is also doubles uh, The Wolf of like a Steven Seagal book. Yeah, or, or some some movie or something. It's No, it's the Steven Seagal book, yes. Uh, it, it's pretty ridiculous. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, so it's the, two, it's the 2017 book, The Way of the Shadow Wolves. Uh, the Deep State and the Hijacking of America is a conspiracy thriller novel co-written by actor Steve Seagal. You think he's into conspiracies? I mean, like he's a Russian envoy, right? Yeah, he's he's a strange, strange guy at this point. And once again, so uh, two things. The super, super racist Jorapeo, right? The uh, Arizona um, sheriff uh, uh, wrote the foreword to the book. And uh, this was self-published in 2017. So uh, yeah, not a good book. And, and of course, I mean, a book like that, if you're going to get inspiration for a ufo book why not go beyond that yeah exactly my favorite thing oh my god angelo this is the best thing ever i didn't even realize this the top review on amazon.com of the book do you know who it's by just take a quick guess is it okay i have three names jeremy corbell four names correct it is by okay well that's my yeah. first guess all right look at that yeah, yeah, i yeah. win a a five-star review a shocking and hidden history now revealed wow so yeah, of course, uh, George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell. My, my other, name, my other right? names were going to be Lou Elizondo or Stephen Greer. <laughs> no, that would be even funnier. But no, uh, Jeremy Corbell pitching in with his friend who they're making money with, right? Because they did the, the Bob Lazar doc. They've done a bunch of stuff together. Clearly, because like uh, uh, George is uh, Jeremy's like mentor and things. George Knapp was in that UFO documentary I watched. Uh, I think it's, is it J.J. Uh, Abrams that uh, produced it? I can't remember. Anyway, it's on... It's on uh, I don't know where it's on in the U.S. Here in Canada, it's on Crave. The show is called UFO, and it is produced by J.J. Abrams. And it was a Showtime um, in the States. Yeah, I should have guessed that. Um, Crave shows Showtime stuff and HBO stuff as well. Um, speaking of that, I'm going to be going and watch the latest episode of Dexter New Blood. Oh, is that airing now? That has just begun. I watched the first episode last week. It's fine. I miss Dexter. I, I was kind of bummed you by the way. A serial killer? By the way, it ended. He was a good serial killer, Brian. He just killed bad people. I mean, spoiler: the boat, the whole his life yeah, after that, all this. That so the, it's anyway. Uh, it and when the, the the series ended, like almost ten years ago at this point. Yeah. Um. It it the ending was like. Eh, Anyway, we're going off into something else, but it doesn't matter. I, I just I, that's that's what happens with yeah. every single episode of Double like, It just bothers like, me when shows are so good and then just the last season are a stinker. Um, th- I told you that happened with True Blood. I I actually stopped watching the last. Like I had six episodes left to go to the entire series. I stopped. I could not take it anymore. Disaster. Yeah, it, disaster. They were very bad. Um, so what's speaking of bad? What what is going to happen now when uh, Remy reveals what he did? to create this UFO and how is the UFO like community on Reddit and Twitter going to feel about this? They feel, I mean, they're an echo chamber, right? They're, they're going to be angry. They're going to be even more angry that someone managed to dupe them yet again. But then once again, I think that like, instead of turning that anger outward, you have to ask yourself, what do I accept as a, uh, like 
or, or rather like what is an acceptable level for me to want to buy into evidence and what am I looking for? And that these are the questions in the self-reflection I think are missing with a lot of people. And I'm not standing here on top of the mountain judging other people. I just think that like if you want to truly make sure and like once again, you and I, and I'm going to reiterate this, we both want to believe. We both want these things to be true. But what we are asking of the evidence out there has to be more than what we've been given so far. Yeah, and uh, I've said this many times, like maybe, you know, the, the, the double density scale we have, but I, so far, there's nothing yet that has shown me that aliens have visited this earth. No, exactly. What oh, is sad wait, you said exactly, truth. so you, you feel the same way now. Like, you used to be much more of a believer. I think I've won out the, the whole... Uh, turning Brian to the skeptical side. No, I think I think I meant that more in the way that like current evidence is out there, yeah. and the way in which like uh, we're being uh, manufactured to believe certain things. But that's a whole other conversation to have. A, a you know at a different point in time. Um, a sad reality uh, to live in, Angelo. Uh, much like the sad reality of uh, you know social media in general. But hey, we're on there, right? We're on the Twitter, we're on Instagram. Yeah, I, I run. Uh, you're on the web. Yeah, not on Facebook though. Not in the metaverse or whatever the hell they're calling it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, are you excited by the metaverse? No, not at all. Like Facebook, basically, it's Habbo Hotel, right? Like it's just like a, it's like The Sims. <laughs> Hopefully, nobody takes away our doors to our bathrooms and then we die. <laughs> or the uh, the ladders into the pools, right? Oh man, I yeah. So I mean, I I know I st- I, I I still I still use Instagram, Brian. I still use it, and I feel like should I still be using it? No, but I use it anyway. I'm going to give you some double density homework. I want you to imagine what an eventual Angela avatar looks like in the metaverse. It looks like me. Yeah, but like, 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 I want you to to work that. Like, do do this for our listeners. And it's white water rafting. You have you were devoid of imagination. No, which is okay. I'll, I'll think about something. I'll have. I try to pitch things on on the episodes that are exciting and new. And what do you do? You poo poo. I'll have more because hair. you were devoid of creativity. Okay. I'll, this might be the last episode of double density forever and ever. Forever, forever and ever. No, that is not true. We'll be returning in a couple of weeks. Um, we're going, we're yeah, going Angela, daily we're, soon. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Where can people From find us? Bi-weekly to daily. They can find this on Twitter at double underscore density at uh, twitter.com, right? Uh, double density podcast at Instagram. Is that the one? Yeah. I, there's no, there's no underscores in G- that one? No, double. You, how many times now? Double density podcast at gmail.com. And also, you can head over to our website, doubledensity.net. If this is your first time listening, uh, you can also find uh, all the different uh, major platforms in which you can subscribe to us, as well as, uh, you know, a, uh, a whole backlog of 178 plus this one episodes of. Uh, and some bonuses. And some bonuses. Yeah, I think we're a total of like 183 or 184 altogether. But yeah, uh, there's a whole lot of content for you to consume if you enjoy this episode. Some of it good, some of it bad, Angelo, right? <laughs> Most of it's good. Most you, of it's I, I was just thinking, remember that time when we, we went from SoundCloud to uh, Fireside and I had to put that special message about our, I do. our, our RSS I feed do. not working on SoundCloud? Because SoundCloud. Uh, was terrible as a podcasting host. Yeah, and also like we weren't sure if we were ready to commit just yet. Yeah, and then we found Fireside, which is uh, like a plug plug for Fireside, but they're a great service. Correct. Um, Fireside.fm. Uh, we don't have a referral code though. No, we don't because we're not sponsored by them. But they're they <sighs> they you know it's it's a podcasting platform for by made by podcasters. So there you go. Yeah, uh, where do you listen to podcasts, Brian? Like, do you have have you been listening? Like, just as we end this out, have you been listening to uh, anything new, anything special? Um, or I don't just... know if this is a trap you're asking me. No, no I, I seriously, I'm not asking you like anything weird. You 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 uh, turned me on to like a CPC podcast called The Flamethrowers, which is pretty good. 
Yes. I think it's over at this point because I haven't heard a new episode in a few weeks. But um, I And I still have my regular uh, cavalcade of podcasts that I listen to throughout the week. Yeah, I'm kind of an edgelord in that like, I am subscribed to the Trunon podcast. Your Kickstarter sucks. Um, I also listen to Rob Liefeld, the creator of Deadpool. Um, uh, th- beginning of the quarantine, has started his own podcast called Rob Observations. So like... Very interesting insights into the creation of Image Comics, uh, Youngblood, his days with the New Mutants and Cable and Deadpool and all these like different kinds of characters. Um, he's also super entertaining, so it's like a, a nice listen to you. Uh, best movies never made, Blocked Party. What's Truanon? Uh, Truanon is the only... No, I'm not going to say their tagline because I'd have to bleep it, but basically it's a Jeffrey Epstein podcast that like touches everything else in the world. Okay, okay. And it's hosted by Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> so from from beyond the grave no it's hosted by uh two people Fran, uh, Fran, uh liz franzak and brace belden who uh has a very interesting history i'll link you to his wikipedia page angelo and you can tell me what you think i think you might just say wow this guy's done a lot yeah okay um and, and then also you could also oh uh, here's a plug i haven't done in a while we just finished our first season of our um our, our actual rpg podcast the order of podcasters so me and uh rob of our strange skies and and Jen and uh, I don't know if you've listened to a single episode of that. I listened to a few episodes. It's not. It's. I mean, it's. It's really well done. It's just not my my thing, right? Like, it's. Is it, is it a tech app? Is it a TED po- tech podcast? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Unfortunately. But uh, uh, so yeah, a little bit of that. But when you write for a living like I do, it's kind of hard to uh, listen to podcasts during the day. So I have a huge backlog at all times. Yeah, I mean, my job is actually good for podcasting because uh, I, I'm not writing words down. Right, I'm just like looking at stuff nodding silently yeah i'm like now i've let you in you better do well um yeah i'm i what what do you listen to podcasts with brian i use overcast okay me too overcast and once again if if mark armand sideloaded that i would definitely give yeah me too (laughs) that money yeah i I mean i already given money for 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 overcast to get rid of the ads um i i (laughs) debatably i wonder like does me giving him a yearly subscription actually give him less money than the ads would like than me having the ads i don't know it's a good question yeah that is an excellent question i think that like subscribing wholly gives him more yeah well it's worth it. it that's like a really and speaking of good like apple citizens right like that the, his apps are good and i mean i use i use forecast which is like his underground podcasting app right to to create your to create the mp3s i post on our website Right, so uh, a, a whole ecosystem for you to explore, Angelo. Yeah, well, okay, we've, we've gone from tech to paranormal, back to tech a bit, and uh, now we'll go back to paranormal and uh, talk about the ghosts that are haunting us. <laughs> that is true, but that is that is for another episode, my friend, because I feel like this is a logical point in episode 179 because we've been rambling for the last like, yeah. six or seven minutes. I'm never quite sure how people like it. Um, let us know but through social media or whatever. We've got if a good like 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so with that in mind, Angelo, this has been it for episode 179 of the Double Density Podcast. And tune in next week as you and I explore the ghosts in, around, above, below us, a little bit everywhere. I can't wait to talk about my ghosts. See ya. Bye. What it like when Steve James Steve James, Steve James Bond came back? No, when Steve Jobs came. Okay, let me repeat that. When Steve Jobs no, came I'm back. No, I'm keeping that in. No, you're not keeping. You can put yeah, it at the end as a Steve no, James Bond. No, I'm absolutely keeping that in. Yeah, that's the title of the episode.